now from the Spinnaker Radio Studios. Critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Gordon. All right. Feels so good to be back, guys. How is everyone doing out there? It is good to be back on the Doc G Show. Just feels right, man. Just feels right. With me today on the show is our NBA analyst, Claude Lathan. Claude, how are we doing? Doing great, man. Happy to be back on the show today. Yeah, it's good times, man. Claude, we typically have you on for basketball, but we're going to have you on for the entire show how's that sound man hey i'm happy to be here this is uh you know big step forward for me you know getting my name out there doing big things with the doc g show of course of course when whenever we have someone on the show it usually launches them into all-star status of life basically i'm expecting thousands and thousands of instagram followers yeah this is over yeah, no no doubt. You'll be right up there with the Ellen Show. Yes! By the way, the Ellen Show has like 38 million followers. I stumbled upon her Instagram one day and I was just like, "What? I didn't How do so many people know about the Ellen Show?" Like ridiculous. Anyways, guys. Guys, I wasn't even sure if I was going to make it back for the shows of 2017 for this this semester, this spring semester. Uh, so, you know, I had my normal nice long break, uh, had the whole Christmas, New Year stuff, went to see my parents, saw my grandma, the whole deal. Pretty lovely. Amen! Uh, so when I was coming back down to Jacksonville, stopped in South Carolina, see a couple friends. Claude, I didn't get to see you, that was a downer, man. Hey, next time you gotta give me a shot, we'll have to go grab lunch or, you know, meet up somehow. I know, that just means that, uh, you know, you gotta come down here at some point in time. That works out. Anything anything I can do to get out of this South Carolina humidity? I don't know if Florida's much better. No, you know. not any better. But, uh, <laughs> but so I'm coming back out of Columbia. I'm on Interstate 26, and I hit a huge traffic jam. You know, and traffic's not moving anywhere. I'm not one to just sit idling on the interstate if there's anything that I can do about it. So there's an off-ramp right beside me on the interstate, so I think to myself, you know, I'll just get off here, go on some highways beside the interstate, and then get back on once I pass whatever's stopping traffic. And here's the thing, Claude. I got a new phone for Christmas from my brother. Very nice. Yeah. What kind of phone? Well, I'm not going to say what type it is, but it rhymes with Snapple Heaven Guy Tone. (laughs) What was that? <laughs> okay, so I uh, got my phone out and I got on the uh, Maps app, uh, and it's never steered me wrong before. And I, I looked at how far traffic was backed up on the interstate, and I make my plans. And there's a, there's a couple of roads that I can take that are beside the interstate that will get me past the traffic. So I start down this mapped out path of three roads that I need to take, and the first road. No problem. Shooting down the highway, feeling good, right? Yeah, yeah. I get to the second road that I'm supposed to take, and it's a dirt road. Now, now you've seen my car. You know that most people would not consider my car an off-road vehicle. 
I don't know if I'd be riding it uh, or driving it down too many uh, dirt roads. No, it's it's more comparable to a go-kart than an off-road vehicle. But I'm thinking, why would maps steer me wrong? I'm sure this road turns into a paved road very soon. So I turn on the road and I instantly start to regret my decision. Not only does it not turn into a paved road, but it turns into what resembles some type of mud-bogging contest road. Apparently there was a monsoon in the area the night before and it all occurred in this one area of this road. So I start to floor the engine so I don't get bogged down and stuck in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina in my go-kart. And I finally get through the first mud field and I pull out my new phone once again to see where I am and how much of this dirt road I have left. And maps doesn't even have me on a road anymore. I'm (laughs) off into gray nothingness of the map. There's no more road. I have no nice little blue area that I'm on anymore. And and I would turn around, but then I have to go back through Murder's Row of bogging again, and I don't want to do that because I'm probably going to get stuck. So I'm like, well, all right, let's go further down this rabbit hole. Let's, let's try it. So I go down the road, you know, uh, what seemed to be a couple of miles, and then I get to what seems to be a lake that has formed in the middle of the road. And when I say lake, I mean lake. There are geese bathing themselves in this said lake. There's marine flora and fauna all around, and the road runs through it. So I now, get, If you were looking water, you found the right place. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I did not know that I was going to need an amphibious vehicle, but apparently I did. <laughs> So I get out of my go-kart, and I find a large fallen tree limb on the side of the road, and I start to prod my way through the lake to see if I can actually ford this thing, like fording a river on Oregon Trail computer game. Yes! Meanwhile, by the way, I have seen no other signs of human life. No cars, dune buggies, four-wheelers. Marauding Indian warriors, nothing. Wait, what? It's just vacant. So I decide to ford the lake. And I mean, if it was actually like the Oregon Trail game, you know, even if I survived the fording of the lake, I probably dive dysentery later. So, you know. So I surge through the lake, just waiting for the sound of my flooded engine. But miraculously, I made it to the other side, and I'm super happy. Start cruising down my muddy road again. And then, of course, there's another lake in the middle of the road. So before I go through the same procedures exactly as I did on the last lake, I look at my Maps app again, and the traffic on the interstate has already dissipated. I'm sitting between Lake Superior and Lake Michigan on a made-up road that doesn't exist on Maps, and everybody on the interstate is just zipping by me. O-M-M. Well, I forded the second lake, eventually made it back to Pave Road, and it was about two hours after I should have. I was about two hours behind. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking after I finished, I was like, you know, out of all the things that these uh, new phones have, 
Don't you think they could have something on like when you when you get on a road that's like, hey, just so you know, sometimes this road sucks. You know, or <laughs> hey, sometimes you may need four wheel capability or perhaps amphibious modifications to your car. Something like that. I'm just saying. You know? Maybe like a one, a one through five star, you know, according to each route you take. So if you take that route down your dirt road and see these various uh, scenaric lakes, uh, maybe somebody would give that a two or a three out of five star on the route. Exactly, like like hiking trails. Exactly, like this one is this one is difficult. You might need to wear extra socks. I you think know? you're onto something. But you will see. We'll see what they can do. I'm just saying. Sometimes you can't rely on technology. Sometimes you gotta you gotta do it yourself. You gotta pull up your bootstraps and and, and do it yourself. And that's what we do on this show. Yes! We pull up our bootstraps. We get it done. We've got a lot of good things today. We've got uh, who's wearing their birthday suit. We've got ripped from the headlines. Of course, we've got Claude here, and we're gonna talk a good amount of basketball. Um, but you know, right now, let's let's get to it. Let's get to who's wearing their birthday suit. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. Okay, here we go. So, our birthday suit wearer, uh, this is the first clue, was born in 1941 in Brooklyn, New York, where he spent most of his childhood. He was actually classmates in high school with Barbara Streisand. Hmm... That's the first clue. So, born in 1941, Brooklyn, New York, spent most of his childhood there, and classmates with Barbara Streisand. Now, I'm not expecting you, obviously. That's 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 tough. But do you have any guesses? Might need one or two more clues. I, uh, you know, Barb and I go way back, but she didn't tell me anything about this. She's such she's such a tough book to read. I understand, man. <laughs> I understand. So, all right. Well, uh, while you, while you're pondering. We're going to move on. We're going to get from Rip from the headlines, you know. So, Jebediah, hit me with the good stuff. And now, the news. Oh, that's solid. Thanks, Jeb. Uh, so, we got some good stories here. First story that I got, um, this recently happened in Long Island City, Queens. Apparently, a young teenager lit a sleeping man on the G-train on fire. Wait, what? Early this past Friday. The incident happened around... 2.30 a.m., the man lit on fire, suffered third-degree burns to his right arm and hand, while the perpetrator was charged with assault, reckless endangerment, and arson. So, um, just wondering, Claude, are you going to avoid the G-Train if you ever go to Long Island City, Queens? My sister actually lives in Brooklyn, and uh, whenever I go visit, you know, we uh, we haven't made it over to that side of town. Um, but I, I'm not trying to be set on fire. It sounds like that train was pretty lit, but not in the way that I would like to be. I'm just I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> what what was the motivation? Because that you know, that's all I got from this story was what was in the actual little paragraph of the story, and I was just like, did these two people know each other? Because you're making it sound like they didn't, and like this dude was just bored, and he was like, hey, you know, it'd be fun setting this other guy on fire. And then, what kind of clothes are you wearing that's that flammable? Because I had imagined <laughs> that normally it would take a pretty good amount of like lighter fluid or something to just burst someone into flames especially before you wake up yeah if they don't know it that's crazy i mean that's so 
that's a ton of uh, you know smoke and fire coming out of nowhere that nobody paid attention to. Exactly, and and I'm you know I I I tend to doze off on public transportation. I've done it before, but I'm I'm not going to anymore. Uh, I've, I for fear that I'll wake up on fire. You know, just just for something <laughs> for you listeners to 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 keep in the back of your heads. So uh, recently, CNN released a story on Uber driver Noah Foreman posted a video of himself hitting a record 236 green lights in a row on YouTube. Foreman said that after driving for a few years, you start to notice a, a pattern. A couple of things uh, that I noticed with this. I actually went back and I looked on YouTube uh, for this video because I was like, really? There's a video of this? The video is 26 minutes long. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. And there's 47,000 people that have watched this video. And I was (laughs) like, who are these 47,000 people that were like, you know what I need to do today? Watch a guy try to hit green lights. That's what I need. Like, people can't. People can't dedicate, you know, 15 to 30 minutes to go work out, but they can dedicate 26 minutes to watch a video, you know, of, of a guy going through stoplights. Yeah, apparently. I was, I, I couldn't believe it. Then second, second thing about this, this, this was from CNN. This wasn't from some small outlet. This was CNN. And I was like, this is the best we could do on CNN. Like, you got, we've got stories in China of great things. They, they made a satellite to investigate dark matter that they sent into space recently. And we're like, hey, guess what? We got an Uber driver, 236. Didn't even have to stop for any lights. What do you think about that? Pretty impressive. Huh? Huh? Politics and Uber drivers, man. CNN. <sighs> That is ridiculous. So this one, th- this story is very interesting as well. U.S. military... Um, apparently, uh, their training grounds in the Department of Defense, they're, they're starting to build up a lot of spent shells, millions and millions of, of shells from the bullets that they use have started to accumulate and they're causing environmental problems because of the metal and other chemicals that they release in the soil and eventually leach into, into groundwater. So the DOD said, Hey, uh, we've got an idea. How about we solicit proposals for biodegradable bullets? They want bullets that will be loaded with specialized seeds to grow environmentally beneficial plants that eliminate ammunition debris and contaminants. Um, what do you think about that, Claude? I think that's awesome. Uh, I think somewhere Al Gore's smiling. You know, people are finally starting to pay attention to uh, the environment and uh, be a, a lot more eco-friendly. I think this is something that could benefit um, everyone. You know, I, in the long run, generations down the road are going to have to deal with these problems that we're creating in the environment now. And I, it's so cliche. Every, it's almost like everybody knows it, but nobody wants to accept it. And you know, if maybe building these bullets to be biodegradable is a is 
that could be the first step to uh, to something a little bit better than what we're doing now. Well, that's, that's sort of my question. I was like, when I saw this, I was like, man, something had to have gone really, really wrong at one of their facilities. Like somebody died from drinking the water there, or like, you know, there were like squirrels running around with three heads, and they were like, oh, I want to do something about this, guys. Because uh, like, I mean, them to jump on that, that's impressive. But I mean, you know, you get a lot of good aspects from this you know, I mean, you, you shoot a people, you shoot at a couple people, you miss. Who cares? You still planted a couple of trees. Nice, right? A win, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, another story that we have here: Japanese band One OK Rock. I'm not familiar with their stuff. Maybe I should get on board. Uh, they released a new album this past week, and along with the album, they released a special edition leather jacket. That comes equipped with 20 hidden speakers. Yes! Each speaker provides a different sound frequency that isolates vocals to the chest area and instrumentals to the arms and torso. CNET titled the story, uh, The 20 Speakers in This Jacket Turn You Into Music. And my idea was they probably should have titled it, The 20 Speakers in This Jacket Turn You into the most annoying person in any room you ever go into, ever. Right? Like, I mean, that jacket would be the most annoying thing. You're like, oh, God, here comes the guy in the jacket again. Oh, Jesus, he's going to stand beside me. He's blaring that Madonna. I've heard this song 500 times. Oh, Christ. And I'm just thinking, right? I mean, would you want a jacket with a bunch of speakers in it? Maybe if people were giving me the right music to play, I don't know if my music would be appealing to everybody. Um, I was I was looking online to see how many uh, followers they actually have on Instagram. It looks like I'd never heard of them. It looks like they have about 1.3 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, so they're they're beating uh, the Doc G show by about 1.3 million. So oh, hey. <laughs> I guess, you know, maybe they've got a ton of fans out there just really, you know, wanting these jackets that could be the future of music. Well, I mean, instead of the boom, you know, instead of walking around with the boom box on your shoulder, you walk around with the jacket. Well, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I mean, you know, the 80s had the, the big gray silver boom box. And now apparently the uh, 10s have the uh, 20 speaker hidden jacket, you know, <laughs> uh, either either way. Hey. Would you consider that a step back from uh, from headphones? Because you know we're going into wireless headphones now. But I mean, would you rather just have the jacket? Um, I would. I'm pretty positive. Like I said, everyone around me would not. So <laughs> you know, I mean, even if even if you're playing, even if you're playing good music, like the best music, if somebody's sitting there and you just come up rocking about in your jacket, they don't want to hear your good music. They're like. What the crap is this guy doing? What's wrong yeah. with this turd? Um, so, in other news, technology giant Microsoft is apparently making a late push to challenge Amazon and their ebook format, Kindle. Microsoft's new ebook will be available on all of the new uh, Microsoft Windows release, uh, Microsoft 10 release in April. This release is coming nearly 10 years after Amazon released Kindle. Crazy. Which, just, which made me think, you know, basically it's like Philips coming out with their new version of a portable CD player to compete with the Sony Walkman. Good call, guys. <laughs> Building the anticipation. Waiting 
waiting, now release it. There we go. Like, who, who's been sitting there like, you know, I like Kindle, but I just wish there was another way I could listen to my books. Just, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't have a way to, to check these books out like I want. Oh, thank God. Microsoft did it for me. There we go. Like, that was their big turnaround. I mean, maybe the surface isn't, isn't kicking like they thought it was. I don't know. Doesn't seem like it. I don't know. Well, last story that I've got here. Um, Mike Greenberg on uh, Mike and Mike, a uh, very popular ESPN show. He talked about NFL franchises changing locations, and he specifically uh, detailed the changes of the Chargers from San Diego to Los Angeles. He went on like two-minute tirade about how the negative aspects of moving any NFL team from one city to another, they're astronomical. And then he ended by saying, nothing, nothing makes him angrier than this. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, granted, I understand. It's just a sports show that he's got, but he should probably preface it before he says that. Like, hey, nothing in sports makes me angrier than this. Nothing in sports, because I feel like there's a lot of things, a lot of things. I even in daily life there are things that would make me angrier than that. Even if that was my team, I would still be like, well, you know, Chick Fil A being on Sunday really chaps my. You know, that's that's probably up there higher than the Chargers moving. You know, like, I mean, I think you can find something in your life that's worse. What, what do you think? Is that is that devastating to people, Claude? I think that you never know what somebody's passion is going to be about. And if Mike heads home every day after work and, you know, he's had a long day doing his radio shows and, and dealing with ESPN and, you know, maybe he gets home and his wife and, and he, you know, they just want to have a little personal time. Maybe he goes and he thinks there and he stews and gets passionate about this. Maybe this is what really grinds his gears. I, I feel I feel like he had to find something to grind his gears, and this, this filled his show. But, <laughs> guys, this was ripped from the headlines. We are going to take a uh, musical break right now. We're going to hear a new jam from Big Thunder and the Rumblefish. That's Jake, Jay, Evan, and Heath. We're going to hear Moving Along. It's a good jam, but we'll catch you on the other side of this song.
But back to the show, guys. Uh, we're going to move on to sports. Specifically, we're going to move on to NBA basketball, which Claude is our resident analyst. So, uh, Claude, uh, first thing that I want to talk about, we're you know getting close to sort of the uh, halfway mark here, almost to the All-Star game. And uh, we've got a close uh, MVP race, a lot of people would consider it. Uh, we got Russell Westbrook. We've got Kevin Durant. We've got uh, Harden. We've got LeBron. And we've got Kawhi Leonard. Um, give me your thoughts on sort of who's, who's leading that race, who should lead that race, why they should lead that race. Two words. Isaiah Thomas. Wow. That came out of left field. All right. Yes! I, uh, you know, I actually, you know, I don't think I really, you know, if you want me to give you an honest opinion, I don't, I can't sit here and say that I think Isaiah Thomas is going to win the MVP award. Uh, I don't think anyone actually truly believes that. I know you have guys like uh, Bill Simmons, huge Boston fanatics who would love to see that. Um, I think the way they had acquired Isaiah Thomas uh, the Celtics did in the trade from Phoenix a couple seasons ago, you know, for what they got him for was crazy. Um, and to see him, I think in his last five games, he's putting up right around 33, 34 points per game, five, six assists or so. Um, and uh, he's got the Celtics right in the, the thick of it in the East. I, I like what he's done. But, you know, as for the players you mentioned, how can you sit there and, and, you know, really try and decide but th- between these players what they mean to their teams is absolutely everything. Uh, Russell Westbrook still averaging a triple-double this season. He's got 21 on the year. Um, I think that that's crazy. Fun fact about these players, though, is, you know, you talk about Russell Westbrook's triple-doubles. Uh, James Harden is in second place with triple-doubles this season. That's a fact. But James Harden actually leads the league in double-doubles, mm-hmm. more so than what Russell Westbrook has done when he hasn't gotten a triple-double. Now, um, the crazy you know, thing think- to me, you got Westbrook, you got Durant, you got Harden, all of them people have sort of uh, uh, alluded to being in the MVP race. All of them were on the same team, what, three years You're ago? Right. Four Three years ago was when he left. Uh, about, about four, yeah, about four years ago. Um, I think uh, James left after the the finals run in 2012, so he went to Houston in 2013. Um, you know, I think uh, Kevin Durant had a quote saying like, you know, people would, or it would be easy for them to say that you know they could they've missed out on championships, but it just you know he put it simple, it didn't work out that way, and for whatever reason, you know, management didn't want to pay the salary tax on certain uh, on certain players. James Harden being one of them at the time like I, I get it on the business side the nba is a business first but man they they really kind of bit the bullet on that one yeah yeah uh, um, now now to answer your question i to answer your question i will say though i think right now i'll still put russell westbrook at number one okay okay i um i am I'm, I'm i'm a little i'm a little conflicted i i don't know i i think i would have to just on individual performance yeah and that's really what you what it comes down to in the past as far as what people choose the MVP off of is sort of that individual performance I sort of have to go with lean towards Russell Westbrook on that one now I'm going to break into the NBA action real quick and got to step back real quick here and uh, and go to who's wearing their birthday suit so uh, we left off who's wearing their birthday suit first question that we had 
uh, was uh, our first clue that we had was they were born in 1941 in Brooklyn, New York, where uh, they spent most of their childhood and were actually classmates with Barbara Streisand. Here comes the second clue. Birthday suit wearer got a guitar when he turned 16 and immediately stated uh, that he started trying to write songs as soon as he got that guitar. However, he went to uh, New York University as a pre-med major and on a fencing scholarship. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well-rounded guy, right? Now, he's writing songs with his guitar, but he ended up going to New York University as a pre-med major on a fencing scholarship. Hmm. I've got. I didn't. A lot of people go to the same high school. Like famous people go to that high school in Brooklyn that Barbara Streisand went to. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And there's like is, I have a couple options here. You I got. You know. got a lot of options, but it, it's going to get narrowed down pretty soon. These next clues, okay. they're going to narrow it down for you. It's obviously a musician. It's a musician. I'll, I'll get. I'll give you that. You. You. Okay. I mean, you. You threw that out there. I'll go ahead and leave it. It is a musician. <laughs> Um. All right. So think about it. We'll come back. Okay. So uh, let's get back to the NBA. We we mentioned uh, Westbrook there. Uh, he is right now in the midst of some drama uh, as far as the NBA. They they've been uh, they've been asking why was was he snubbed uh, out of the starting spot on the all-star team. Right now, the starting guard positions are Harden and Steph Curry. Uh, Do you think that was fair to Russell Westbrook? Do you think they should change the way that they that they get these uh, these spots? I, I think that it was uh, I think it was fair I think they changed the voting you know um, to benefit where the you know the fans don't have they have the majority vote but they don't have complete control even though it is a fans game you know I, I agree that the players and the coaches know the you know better than anyone would people have complained if uh, you know Zaza Pachulia starts at center and Demarcus Cousins doesn't start at center or Anthony Davis um, I think people would have been pretty upset with that even though I personally would have enjoyed seeing that um I I don't dislike the new system on picking players but I will say I think that Russell Westbrook should have started over stuff uh, or should start over stuff and I'll tell you what in 2003 uh I think it was Vince Carter actually was started in as a a starter for you know the shooting guard position on the all-star game and um, he gave it up. I think he gave it to Michael Jordan so uh, so Michael could start in that All-Star game, his last All-Star game. Wait. I, in no way, because all three of these players deserve to start. I mean, how can you, like I said earlier about the MVP race, it's hard to choose between these guys. But when you look at it, I'm not saying give up the spot, but I, I think Russell Westbrook, uh, I think he got robbed there. Not that he even said it, not that he plays for All-Star starting spots or All-Star bids. He plays for championships, but the accolades are still nice, and when your career is all set, and done you know it's nice to have those records well that, that was sort of my my whole deal was that i was just like nobody puts down on on their list of accolades starting guard they just put all-star you know i mean nobody well, remembers who the all-star starters were that year they just know what you know who who was an all-star and, and and to your point, like that's that's sort of the deal. Like I mean, it's what the fans want to see. It's not some serious game. 
you know, although Westbrook has taken it that way sometimes and, and went on scoring tirades. But, I mean, that, you know, it's it basically let's see how many alley-oops we can get in, in each quarter. That's pretty much what the game turns in. And except Which for, kind of bad. Which is kind of sad. Dwayne Wade was interviewed the other day and was saying how he, you know, he doesn't understand. He's been, in, I think, he's been in thirteen All Star games. He doesn't know um, at which point the games turned into an, a dunk fest because, you know, in the eighties and nineties and really early two thousands, the the dunk, I mean, the All Star game. I mean, that was a competitive game. Maybe not for the first five to to ten minutes, but I mean, after the second quarter started, pit, uh, players would start buckling down. They wanted to win. I, I think. Something. I think you. I think you said you you outlined it with the uh, the timeline. Jordan left. The serious guy that wanted to win <laughs> left. That that yep. that's why it ended. Um, so uh, another thing that's been in uh, NBA news that I wanted to ask you about. We have uh, LeBron. He was uh, last week. Uh, I like to say that he is a master of being passive aggressive. He loves to do things like this. And uh, he got in the media and somebody was asking him. They were getting ready to play uh, the Spurs last week. And uh, he said, oh, Greg Popovich, greatest coach ever, man. He is the greatest coach ever said greatest coach ever like three times in a minute uh, minute span. Now, I, uh, being the psychology master that I am... Wait, what? Uh, I feel like he's basically just trying to say, hey, Phil, I don't really like you. And since you've slided me a bunch of times saying that I'm not that awesome and that you'd rather have Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan on your team, I'm going to say you're not the best coach, even though you have 11 rings. Was that somewhere on the on the line of what... LeBron was doing here, or was he actually just all about some some Popovich? I think it depends on which way you're looking at it, but I could see it from both ways for sure. I bet you would, Pamela Red. Uh, I think that he definitely, you know, LeBron and and his <coughs> posse maybe Shut your mouth. Uh, decided that they wanted to take a little jab there. No, but I I do think that uh, there could have been some you know some slight. Uh, ill will meant by that but at the same time LeBron's not going to make any outlandish statements so it would have to be kind of like a you know a hidden message like that but you know LeBron has had three NBA finals matchups against uh, Greg Popovich the Spurs have um, the best record against any LeBron James um, team in since he's been in the league I think that Pop has solidified his position as the greatest coach or one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think it's a great debate, you know, if you want to talk about Phil or, or Pop or terrific people. But whether you're talking about NBA or college, there's still great coaches on each level. But I think Greg Popovich definitely has the resume and the pedigree to say, you know, that he's he's probably up there in the top three. Well, that was sort of a, along the other line that I had that I was thinking, because you brought it up, right? He, he challenged LeBron. He's one of the few people that beat him so uh, at the same time I was like mm, is there a, a narcissistic edge to what LeBron's thinking he's like well he beat me so that means he has to be the greatest ever in the history of ever right well LeBron's had three run-ins I mean three major run-ins with uh, franchises during his career he's had run-ins with Pistons he's had run-ins with the Celtics run-ins I've been getting into some run-ins lately run-ins with the Spurs um, and those have been the, the three main ones and Greg Popovich 
uh, can is probably the only person who can say he's gotten, you know, and Tim Duncan sitting down with smiling somewhere too, uh, saying that he got the best of LeBron in more ways than anyone else has. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we'll, we'll see what the... Uh... Uh, which, which brings me to the next point. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens with the rivalry. And yes, I call it a rivalry Wait, what? between okay. the Cavs and the, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I don't really see how else you would describe that. A team that has seen each other in the last two finals and most likely for a third finals and the players don't like each other and have had flagrant fouls against each other. What, what, I mean, how do you not describe that as a rivalry? Well, that's what's happening, huh? I see it as a rivalry. I know LeBron, you know, was saying that it's not a rivalry, uh, that it's a rivalry to him is something different. But I, I feel like um, you're exactly right. I think you're spot on. If, if you meet... Uh, two years in the finals, uh, you beat them and they beat you, uh, and then you've got it. You're the favorites to meet in the finals again this season. Um, you both, I mean, you can't deny they have upgraded according to each other their roster to beat one another. They almost are saying, "Hey, we're going to bring in Kevin Durant. Hey, we're going to bring in Kyle Korver." I'm, you know, even going to the J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert trade. I mean, the Cavs have done everything that they needed to do to keep up with the elites, and now the Warriors are saying, hey, we'll go a step ahead. I mean, it's it's literally um, a contest of, uh, of who's the best and going at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so along with Golden State, uh, they recently uh, signed their papers and got everything moving as far as... Uh, going across the bridge, going to San Francisco. Uh, along at the same time that they were doing their groundbreaking for their new stadium, uh, Oakland Raiders made the same change of they they signed their papers to leave Oakland and go to Las Vegas. What's the deal? Is, is, does no one want to play in Oakland anymore? What's Or Oakland, man. I or know. Oakland. Like, now, if there's somebody that, that Greeny wants to feel bad for, how about the people of Oakland? Like, they're just losing oh, all their, their teams. I agree 100%. Hey. Oakland, Oracle Arena. Um, Brian Windhorse is one of my favorite analysts to keep up with. I think he's phenomenal in his reporting. Uh, he absolutely um, nailed it the other day talking about, hey, you know, or, you know, it's great that the Warriors are, are you know, putting or making a stepping stone move here by starting, you know, building this a new new arena. But the Oracle Arena is by far the toughest place to play in the NBA when it is a big game, um, you know, Friday night, prime time. Hey, let's uh, let's get everybody out here. I mean, that place is rocking. And, oh, it's, you yeah. know, it's like the Seattle Seahawks of the NBA. I mean, they've got that 12th man just going nuts. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I actually my my uh, rebirth into the love of the NBA happened at the Oracle uh, when Baron Davis was playing for uh, the the Warriors, and they uh, they beat um, who was it? Was it? Was it Denver? They beat Dallas. They beat the Dallas. We Believe team. Yes. They beat Dallas. There you go. Yeah. That was because uh, that was probably at the low point of my NBA watching uh, a career as a fan. Like at that point, I really just had lost sort of, of faith in the NBA. And that game, that series, I was just like, wow, this place yeah. has some energy, man. This place and- is awesome. I will say uh, that same playoff, uh, not that series, the next series after the upset, 
Golden State's playing against Utah with a, I have to say, a, a, a fantastic young Darren Williams at point guard and uh, Carlos Boozer, like the new aged Carl and John Stockton. But do you remember Baron Davis's dunk? Yes. On Andre Erlinko? Yes. Yes. That was that was actually what really just revived because I remember I was about to actually fall asleep in that game. And that like literally almost gave me a heart attack when I saw that dunk because it was I think, just soul rocking that dunk. Amen. Carlos Boozer, uh, I don't think he wanted to be in the gym when he saw that. No, no, I mean, nobody that was related to the Jazz wanted to be in the gym when they saw that dunk. That was, and to come with a guy that has a voice that may be higher than Mike Tyson's, you, <laughs> you, you got to feel some kind of way when that happens, but. I, I, yeah, I definitely I, I feel I feel for those Oakland fans, man. Uh, it's tough. Speaking of other good teams in the uh, West, we've got San Antonio um, just doing what they do. This past weekend, they uh, beat uh, the best team in the uh, East Coast Conference, the reigning champions, uh, and and they did it pretty, uh, you know stellar San Antonio fashion uh, surprise surprise uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the players are hurt on San Antonio you got injuries with uh, you got injuries with Tony Parker you got injuries with Paul Gasol old people getting hurt what do you think what do you think about the odds of San Antonio doing some damage this postseason I think the odds are terrific I think that last year I, I you would never know because of how low-key uh, Greg Popovich keeps his team. But I, I think last year, everybody expected it to be a San Antonio-Golden State Western Conference final matchup, and you'd hear about it constantly. Golden State-San Antonio, best two records in the West. If Golden State doesn't have the season they had last year, everyone's talking about San Antonio for the first time ever because their season was that great, too. They almost hit the 70-win mark. So... I, I think that they do have a great chance this season, um, you know, coming back in a little more level-headed, uh, humbled, which not that they ever do um, get too big for their britches, but I, I think that they're humbled by having such a great season, the best in franchise history last season. Um, they can come back in and do a little bit better this year. The old heads are going to have to have to heal up for the playoffs, but I think Greg knows what he's doing as far as trying to get them uh, rested and, and you know he knows which games to let them take off and all that. But the Spurs have rotational players that literally just fall into place. I mean, you can fill in each slot with a player. Kyle Anderson can play on you know, one through four. Um, Danny Green's getting his three-point range back to him finally uh, this season. They... They've got plenty of players. I love Jonathan Simmons, and he's a great player that's kind of um, developed out of the D-League, so I like what they've done there. But, you know, I like San Antonio. I don't know if they'll have enough in the long run to really, you know, to make a finals, but with Kawhi Leonard and, you know, LaMarcus following him up, uh, especially after last night's performance, uh, career-high 41 for Kawhi, um, anything's possible. What, what do you think? Uh, Pop's beard. How's it looking? Happy so bonita. <laughs> I, I saw a picture of him from a couple years ago the other day, and he didn't have his beard, and I was like, whoa, who's that? Uh, but it's it's going... Um, he's looking going sharp, good. right? He does. He's a good. He's a sharp man. He dresses well, and he keeps his beard clean. He looks like that serious grandpa that you could have, you know, that <laughs> one that you learn life lessons when you screw up and you have to go talk to him, and you're like, oh, no. 
Hey, if he gives me tickets and gets me autographs, I'm not complaining. What, what, what about Kawhi's braids? I appreciate his braids because I'm like, I don't care. He doesn't care that those went out of fashion and they've came back into fashion and he still has the exact same ones. And I Each appreciate that. Our player goes through the braids, man. You know, uh, they were these two were actually teammates, but uh, Allen Iverson, he decided finally one day to get rid of his braids. Which Carmelo made me went- sad. Oh, everybody loved those braids. Uh, you know, Carmelo got rid of his braids. One day Kawhi will have to get rid of his braids, and that I is I don't know, be- man. He, he could do the Snoop Dogg and just keep on letting him get further and further back. Until he's got like an eight head, and you know, and just he's got braids that start like somewhere around the around the the, the bald spot at the back, you know. But yeah. Uh, so let's 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 wrap up the sports. Let's uh, let me let me uh, ask you: Have have your predictions for the championship changed any since we last talked? Ah, uh, no, I'm I'm. With Golden State and Cleveland, I actually, I actually went to Charlotte uh, the other night and watched the Raptors uh, make a visit into uh, into Charlotte. And man, I was disappointed. I, I thought that Charlotte really came out. Well, let me rephrase that. I was disappointed with the Raptors. I I thought Charlotte came out and played phenomenal. Kimba Walker, if he is not an All Star this year, that's going to be a hell of a snub because he is a terrific player. He, he is. had thirty two and eight assists. Um, but Toronto came out flat, and I don't see any. If, if they're the best bet to push Cleveland right now in the East, um, if Isaiah Thomas can't continue to play at, at the level he's been at, I don't see Boston really competing for that spot. And everyone else has been pretty flaky the rest of the season. I pick Chicago as my sleeper in the East, but you know they can't figure things out with Rondo right now. Um, at, you know, with enough time. Uh, or enough time um, before the playoffs start. I don't know if they're going to get it done. So, yeah, um, we're we're gonna hold we're gonna hold that question uh, until probably next week or some other time. But that's a whole nother deal. How did the Bulls get so crappy so quick? Um, <laughs> because I mean, I'm a I'm a Bulls fan, and I'm sitting here just being like, what you. You hey, guys I'm were like too. second. Like, what happened? And you just fell apart. Lost it, man. And I, you know, I'll say one thing about the West with Golden State. Uh, I love, I absolutely love what Mike D'Antoni is doing in Houston. Um, mm. What well, the turnaround they've had from their disappointing 41 and 41 season last year. James Harden, I, you know, I had Russell Westbrook earlier at number one in the, in the MVP race. James Harden right now, their team, they're 34 and 13. Oklahoma City's 25 and 19. Triple double or no triple double. James Harden is only about a rebound and a half, uh, two rebounds away from averaging a triple double as well. Uh, if their record really ex- exceeds what uh, Oklahoma City has, I, James Harden's right there for number one. Thank you. Nice, nice. Uh, so we're staying Golden State, Cleveland in the championship, huh? Definitely. All right. All right. Well, uh, that does it for sports. Right now, it's time to go back to who's wearing their birthday suit before we take another break. So, Claude, are you ready for who's wearing the birthday suit? Third clue. I am more ready than I've ever been. 
Okay, all right. So our first clue, 1941. Uh, that's when he was born, Brooklyn, New York. Spent most of his childhood there. Uh, was high school um, classmates with Barbara Streisand. Got a guitar when he turned 16. Wrote a lot of songs, but he went to New York University as a pre-med major on a fencing scholarship. Here comes the third clue. Ten credits shy of graduating college, our birthday suit wearer dropped out and started writing songs. He was very good at writing songs, wrote many memorable songs that weren't even performed by him. Other groups perform them. One of his most famous songs that another group performed was I'm a Believer, which was performed by the Monkees. Any I, idea? Uh, I think that the uh, musician and very talented person that we are looking for uh, is... Neil Diamond. Oh, man. Good call. I didn't even... Can we get the... Uh, sound the applause. Sound the applause. Oh, yeah. There it is. Nice. Um, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even get to go to the third... Uh, the fourth question, man. I was looking forward to my fourth, fourth question. Uh, but I'll give you the fourth uh, clue here. Uh, in 2001, the movie uh, Saving Silverman... The lead characters play in a cover band of our famous birthday suit wear, which, of course, Neil Diamond. And I was going to even give you the bump, bump, ba-da-dum, ba-da-da-dum, bump, bump, bump. I didn't get to. You guessed it before, man. You knew I'm a believer. It's the same. It sounds good just the same. When you said I'm a believer, I, I thought I had it. I had to go on a limb and say... I, I don't believe you, man. I, I you know, I, I'm just okay. I'm a believer. I, you won me over. But our birthday suit wearer is Neil Diamond, born uh, today, uh, January 24th, uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Spent most of his childhood in that area. Was classmates with Barbara Streisand. Of course, he went on to write all kinds of songs, uh, including "I'm a Believer." Also wrote, of course, uh, uh, "Sherry, Sherry." And uh, and uh, Sweet Caroline, which is like the anthem for for anybody from Boston, which is interesting. But that's that's the case, right? Um, or if you're at a southern wedding, exactly. Which those two totally go together, right? <laughs> um, um, but anyways, that is our birthday suit wear. Congratulations to uh, Claude for getting it on the third clue. Very nice. And uh, happy birthday to Neil Diamond. Um, we are going to take a break. Uh, we will be right back. So check this. You telling me you ain't never heard of Doc G? ha. <laughs> Coldest motherfucker around. The Doc G Podcast. Oh yeah, baby. Putting the bass in your funk. Bye. 
guys, we have gotten to the point in the show, which it's time for our closing remarks. And as always, as we left off last year, the closing remarks revolve around none other than Paul Rudd. It's time for our Paul Rudd update. Claude, are you ready? Oh, Paul Rudd's the man. I'm very ready. Yeah, see? Exactly. So, Paul Rudd, uh, in case you're wondering, he, he never stops. He's always doing things. <laughs> Paul Rudd's got a new movie out on Netflix. And, bonus, he's got a mustache in it. Right? And I think we all know how I feel about mustaches. If you have a mustache, you win at life. That's basically how I feel. Yes! Right? <laughs> the film is called Mute. And apparently it's a science fiction movie where two wise-cracking surgeons... I feel like Paul Rudd's a very good wise-cracker. Um, uh, apparently they're looking for the other, uh, the other man's girlfriend. Uh, and it's set in the future. Not really far in the future, but just slightly in the future. And the director said he considers it a mix between Blade Runner and Casablanca. What do you think about that, Claude? That's yeah, a pretty interesting mix of movies. Have they said who is guest starring with Paul Rudd in this? Uh, Justin Thoreau, I want to okay. say. Yeah, Justin Thoreau. Do you know Justin Thoreau? I do not know Justin Thoreau. Yeah, but no, I was... that's, that's what I heard, and I just said, okay, I, I yeah. guess... I guess he's good. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. But that Justin Thoreau is the uh, is the otherwise cracking um, okay. surgeon. And the girlfriend that they're looking for is uh, Seneb Salah. I, I'm, I'm probably butchering that name just beyond belief. But I don't know her either. So... I'm I'm just yeah. totally out. The only person I know is Paul Rudd, and the, uh, I know he's going to dominate the only this thing. Exactly, <laughs> he's the only thing you need. That's very true. Uh, the film is directed by Duncan Jones, um, who apparently helmed Source Code and Moon. Did you ever see Source Code or Moon? I don't believe that I did, no. No, so we're totally, completely out on this movie pretty much in every way, shape, and form, except we know Paul Rudd's going to be in it, right? And I think that that's enough for you and I to both say that we would love to see it. Yeah, yeah, now I think, I don't know, have I actually asked you, I know I've asked pretty much every other single person on the show, but have you seen Our Idiot Brother with Paul Rudd? Hmm... Um, I I, I want to say yeah, uh, but I can't tell you if I have or not. Favorite movie with Paul Rudd. That's it right there for me. That's the one. Love it. But uh, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping Paul Rudd will just be dominating the uh, news stories for the next, you know, year. And I'll be able to just include him with all kinds of interesting activities and updates about Paul Rudd for our next shows. I can only hope. As long as he has a mustache uh, for the rest of this, then I'm okay. Exactly. I, I don't think he's going to get rid of it. I mean, why would you? It's a mustache. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants to get rid of that. It's it's always a travesty when you lose your mustache. You're like, oh, no. Why did I do that? Right? It's, and if somebody, you know, if somebody mustache you a question, then I, you know, what, what better than to have a mustache? Hit, hit the joke drums. There it was. Nice. All <laughs> hey, right. I, Good. Guys, it is time to end the show. 
It has been a very good show. We have talked about a lot of different things. We had uh, a great who's wearing their birthday suit this uh, this week. Uh, Claude nailed it. Nailed on third try with uh, with Neil Diamond. Neil, hope you're enjoying your birthday. We had a great rip from the headlines. We had some great conversation about NBA uh, basketball, and it's time to wrap it up. Claude, uh, thanks for thanks for being on the show with me today. Doc, I appreciate everything. As, as usual, I had a great time, and uh, you're doing a great thing over in Jacksonville, and I appreciate you and all your listeners. All right, guys. Uh, until next week, I am Doc G, and this is the Doc G Show. Until next time, zip it up and zip it out.